Hello and welcome to a July 9th Summer League edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson. I was the Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian for the last three seasons, and you can currently find all of my written work at blazersedge.com. Thanks again for joining us on Locked On Blazers. We are still waiting for our feed to get into the iTunes store, but it is coming soon. You can find all of our podcasts on the Audio Boom Network as of right now. So yesterday we discussed the Festus Azili signing, how that changes the front court for the Blazers, and who will be on the outside of the rotation looking in. We also talked about Brooklyn's massive offer sheet to Alan Crabb, and you can also check out our July 7th episode, which is our first episode, where I broke down the uh, similarly massive Evan Turner deal. Uh, but today was July 9th, the first game of the Las Vegas Summer League for the Portland Trail Blazers Summer Squad. Uh, they lost to the Phoenix Suns 86-73. Devin Booker went ham with uh, 28 points and uh, was talking a lot of smack to Luis Montero at one point during the game. Uh, he just looked like he was in another league, and the Blazers just didn't really have another guy that could really match what Booker was doing. And Booker, obviously, you know, was kind of your dark horse rookie of the year pick. You know, if you really were that, you know, wanted to be to deviate that much from Towns or Porzingis. I mean, Towns was clearly the the rookie of the year last year but you know a lot of people really loved Booker he really had a good showing after you know the Suns were tanking for the rest of the season or just playing young guys and he did great and he looked like he really shouldn't be in summer league and the Suns are are going for that summer league championship new addition to the Blazers Shabazz Napier who was acquired in trade from the Orlando Magic for cash considerations earlier this week and projects to be the Blazers third point guard next season did not play uh, considering he just joined, it's likely that the Blazers wanted to, you know, show a little respect to the guys that had been in the summer league camp for the entire duration. Guys like Russ Smith and Pierre Jackson, uh, who were on the original summer league squad, and Napier was just added to it yesterday. We didn't see him at all, but um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how he fits with the squad if he does indeed play. I think they just want him to. Or at least he wants to, you know, get get a little experience running the offense, see what it's really like, see what it's actually like to run, you know, Terry Stotts' flow system, because, you know, it, it it is a, you know, it's a pretty simple offense. It's all based off of reads. It's all based off of what you see, re, read and react. But you have to learn what those reads are. And so, you know, coming from the Orlando Magic, Napier, and who has been with two teams the last two years, uh, first with Miami and then with Orlando last year, he really needs to get his feet wet. And, you know, he, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's 6'1". Uh, obviously, he was the most outstanding player in the 2014 Final Four, uh, an un- you know, pretty unforgettable run at, uh, with UConn when they won the national championship a couple years ago with Kevin Ollie as the head coach. He's probably just a tiny bit of a downgrade at this stage for Brian Roberts, but Roberts is much older. Napier has a little bit more room to grow. To grow. The Blazers have a team option on him, I believe, for the next season. So, uh and and he's going to be cheap. I mean, he, the, the, he's going to be very cheap. And I think he's, at least this year, he's definitely going to be cheaper than what Roberts is making. Roberts just signed with 
the Charlotte Hornets for the vet minimum. So, you know, they let him walk, and I think it's definitely an upgrade from Tim Frazier as much as I like Tim Frazier, as much as, you know, he was a good locker room guy. I mean, he, he couldn't really score. Uh, and, and when you're just not a threat to score at all, it's just hard. Um, you know, Napier didn't shoot very well from the three last year. He shot about 32%. But I'm just going to chop this up to a simple, unforgettable rule of life that nobody likes playing for Scott Skiles. I'm pretty sure if Steph Curry was on the Orlando Magic and had to play for Scott Skiles, he would have shot poorly. So if you're ever down, just remember that you're not playing for Scott Skiles. But um, in Summer League, things that you want to pay attention to, you know, guys that are on, you know, journeyman type guys, like guys like Russ Smith and Peter Jackson, like they're probably going to look like the most comfortable guys in that summer league setting, but you're really going to want to look at at, at the guys that are going to be on the Blazers roster next year. And that's Noah Vonley, who had a double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds. Pat Connaughton, he led the team with 14 points. Luis Montero looked much more comfortable after barely seeing the floor. I think they were really taking a very, very slow approach with Montero last year. Uh, He looks a little bit more refined on the court. His length on defense was probably the most impressive thing for Montero. If If you look at the rosters and just the you know, the contract breakdowns, you would probably say that Montero is the most vulnerable guy to losing his spot, potentially. Uh, Chris Lucia of Blazers Edge and I actually talked about that yesterday uh, on on his on the Blazers Edge podcast that Chris hosts. And, you know, he was thinking about, you know, maybe bringing in a veteran. I don't, I, I don't know about that. Uh, it, it, it is some, a hallmark of Olshea rosters, but I just don't see – I think the Blazers really like – Montero a lot a lot of the players on the team really credited Montero for how hard he worked how often he was in the gym uh and how much he improved even though he didn't really see the floor at all last year uh you know they really credited him with how much he'd worked on his game you know I mean the guy was playing you know pickup basketball in New York City and you know didn't really have a team the year before he came to the Blazers because he was at Westchester Community College and their basketball program dissolved and he was going to go to South Florida that fell through and so he's he's had a lot of he's had a bumpy road you know more so than a lot of prospects and I think the Blazers you know really love his physical tools I'll never forget at the draft workout that he was at uh, a couple years ago uh, not a couple years ago, just basically last summer in, in June. And I saw him and I saw his long arms and I remember seeing the Blazers brass. They were just like practically falling over him and, and, and like having, you know, talking to him. And I didn't see them treating any other prospect during the workout like that. So they are just enamored with his physical tools, his length at six, seven. Um, he's kind of, you know, got some, you know, street ball aspects to him, but they, they don't, I, you know, they are definitely refining his game. You saw, you know, kind of a crazy spin move, but some of those instincts, I mean, he's got a great passing instincts. He can really shoot. And I think at the end of the, at the end of the summer, I think, I think Montero will still be on the roster. Um, but the highlights of the game, I think were Vonley looking you know, super comfortable shooting the three. Uh, He got 11 rebounds, and I think last year, you know, he looked pretty good, you know, in summer league, which is one thing that I want to say, you know, you want to take every summer league observation with a grain of salt. Vonley looked pretty comfortable for a lot of summer league last year, taking the ball to the rack, handling the ball, playing pretty solid defense, rebounding. Uh, 
but he took five three-pointers today, and I thought the most impressive thing was in the first half, he missed, he took three really early in the first half, missed all of them, and then still, you know, had the courage to take a three and make it in a guy's face, and, you know, that's, to me, with Vonley, there's a couple things that he, he he's missing. It's A, confidence, which is probably because he's so young, and B, it's a little bit of a sense of urgency and a little attitude, and it seemed like he had a little bit more of that. He was like kind of, you know, semi-close, like a baby clothesline to Devin Booker earlier, and they got in a fight and was talking a little smack with the Suns. Um, and I think if you're a Blazer fan, that's the type of stuff that you like to see because Vonley, I think for me, the, a mean streak is something that he needs. He doesn't need to be knocking guys out, but, you know, he needs to have that urgency because that's, you know, I think that's one of the biggest criticisms of his game for me is not just that, you know, there's nothing physically that you can improve about Vonley. He's like the total package, especially for a small ball five in this league. And um, I, I definitely think you just need to see that urgency. And I, I liked a little bit of the anger, but you know, it might've taken him out of his game a little bit. He didn't have a great second half. So um, I'm looking for Vonley to keep getting better though, over the summer league, uh, the duration of summer league. And Jake Lehman had just a poster in the words of Mike Richmond, he baptized Marquise Chris on a fast break, and he also got fouled pretty hard, is what it looked like. And uh, he he packed it on Chris, who Chris was looking pretty good throughout the throughout the day. Um, but his his low moment was definitely Layman just posterizing him in in the fast break. And Layman has compared himself in some uh, you know interviews. He said he kind of is you know kind of like Gordon Hayward a little bit, and you know. It, that's, you know, obviously a little bit of a stretch and, you know, that's good, good to be optimistic, I suppose. But uh, his athleticism is definitely, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely lived up to the hype. He had a couple great blocks yesterday or today in the summer league game against the Suns and that dunk, obviously against Chris, who a lot of guys, you know, were, were raving about a lot of draft guys because of his athleticism, because of his tools. That's what a lot of people say got him to rise up so many draft boards, um, because he wasn't really projected to be that high of a pick, you know, earlier, like during the basketball season, during the college season, he really wowed got, you know, scouts with his, his, his workouts. And, um, you know, if, if, if layman, it can, you know, play solid and, you know, he didn't make his threes today, but, you know, I, I think he showed the guys confidence to shoot them. He shot over 40% in college last year. Um, you know, if he can if he can do that, and the Blazers don't bring back Maurice Harkless, which you know it remains to be seen, he hasn't been offered an offer sheet. He is still a restricted free agent, but you know, if for whatever reason he ends up walking, you know, Layman is is very young, but he might be able to step into that role eventually as you know the backup three four behind Aminu, who uh, Aminu, you know, looks like he's gonna be the starting power forward, which I think is like, it, it's, that's definitely the biggest takeaway from the Blazers offseason so far is that they're, they're committing publicly to Aminu as the starting forward. They're committing already, you know, several months out of this, out from the season that they're going to play a lot of small ball. And Connaughton is another interesting player, especially with regards to their restricted free agency situation. Given Alan Crabb's contract, and we'll find out sometime tomorrow, which is Sunday, whether, the Blazers will match the offer sheet, which is four years, $75 million from the Brooklyn Nets, and it could go as high as $83 million with with incentives. But, you know, I don't think 
Crab is as good, or Connaughton is as good as Crab. He doesn't have the length that Crab has defensively. That's one thing that, you know, he's going to have to make up. Uh, he's a tough, you know, Connaughton's a tough player. He, he got to the line nine times in this game. Uh, but if the Blazers let Crab walk, I think, I mean, this is why you draft guys. This is why you keep your picks. This is why they, you know, when they traded Steve Blake and Rondé Hollis Jefferson last year for Plumlee, they got that extra pick. They got a second rounder. You got to have guys in the pipeline. Think, um, you know, in a different way, they signed him via free agency, but think about Kent Bazemore with Atlanta a couple years ago. They signed him. Damari Carroll gets a huge deal. They let him walk, and Kent Bazemore steps into the fold and has a great season, and he gets a, a big contract of his own. And, um, you know, Connaughton didn't shoot it very well from three today. Uh, he's a better pick-and-roll player than I think he gets credit for, uh, especially because in college he wasn't really running a lot of pick-and-rolls. Uh, he mentioned that a couple of times that, you know, Jerry and Grant was more their pick-and-roll guy, but he, he can run it. But the young guys last year, you know, the guys that wouldn't get minutes, the guys like... Von Lake, Cliff Alexander, Montero, they would all fight over who got to play with Pat Connaughton on two-on-two on off days. And so um, if, if, if even if Connaughton shot well from three in this game, that's definitely not going to sway the Blazers on Crab's offer sheet. But I do think that, you know, Connaughton figures into their contingencies if Crab doesn't come back. Uh, and, and, and again, that's why you draft guys. That's why you have the draft. That's why you keep your picks. That's why you develop guys when they're not playing. So, uh, you know, look, keep an eye on Connaughton because there's, you know, it's very possible that Connaughton steps into a role as a seventh, eighth man next year, especially if Crab doesn't come back. And the Blazers are going to have to rely on him potentially next year if Crab doesn't return, uh, which, you know, I, I, I think is, is, is a tough call. I, I would think that you bring crab back, maybe eat the luxury tax for a year and, uh, you know, then maybe look at trading him maybe the next year when he has three years left on his deal. And now Brooklyn, they have a, tr they put a trade kicker into it, which will make it harder to trade crab down the line. So that's something that the Blazers also have to consider. But, you know, if they're willing to pay the tax, which all indications you know, it looks like they are willing to pay the tax because they're going to have to pay CJ McCollum a max extension and the cap is only going up $8 million next year. So from 94 to 102. So at least that's the projection as of right now. So they're going to be dipping into the tax one way or another. So maybe they can eat it this year and, and then maybe free, free themselves up for it the year after. But you know, it, it, very interesting situation. I think I think Connaughton is a very important player here moving forward. And the Blazers looked pretty awful at the start of the summer league game. Nobody on that actually projects to be on Portland's roster made a shot in the first quarter, which was you know not great for them. But things started to warm up a little bit. Uh, Devin Booker just kept on cooking the Blazers. Dragon Bender. Uh, had some moments. Obviously, he needs to get a little bit stronger for Phoenix. Uh, Chris, Marquise Chris for the Phoenix had some great moments, but I know you're not here for any Suns evaluation. Uh, I thought Lehman looked comfortable. I thought Connaughton looked comfortable. They they were moving the ball well. They just couldn't make any any threes at all. Um, you know, any of their guys that were shooting a lot. I thought I thought Vonley showed some stuff. Um, but it, it wasn't unlike the stuff that he showed last year in summer league. So I don't want to. 
I don't want to sell that as as improvement yet, but I do think the three-point shooting to me was the one thing that really did look different from Vonley. A quicker release, more confidence, and if he can knock that down and get at least to about 30-something 30, 30 percent, you know, then, then you're talking here, and maybe he can actually play. And uh, again, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday, talking about the Festus Azili signing, and I mean, where are you going to find time for all these guys if the Blazers keep all of them? And so that that's another thing to consider is if Vonley does eventually improve, that, again, is going to probably put a little pressure on the Blazers to move one of their big guys. And they're, they're not going to be able to move Myers Leonard if they bring him back, even with the qualifying offer until next December. And everyone's going to know that he wants a big payday next year and – uh, that'll probably be hard to move. I think Plumley in a contract year, maybe you can move that. Ed Davis, you know, has probably the most team-friendly contract, which would probably be the most tradable, but do the Blazers want to lose him in the locker room because he's basically, as of right now, the most senior member of the Blazers team? So that that's another thing that they're going to have to consider, uh, you know, with with the big men, especially if Vonley really shows flashes. But I think uh, we're still going to have to wait on whether that's actually happened. I think the Blazers will warm up um, when they, you know, play again. They really didn't make any three-point shots, and it was a little, you know, th- they'll get better. And that and that Summer League, as a 1 p.m. start in Las Vegas, I, I know these guys, you know, serious, but at the same time, they're in Las Vegas. Um, and... But even if they weren't out last night, you know, uh, it's a 1 p.m. start for these guys is brutal because all, all of them are used to staying up late. They're traveling so much so often that, you know, their sleep schedules are all messed up. So playing a game at 1 p.m. is is just not normal. And tomorrow when they play the Spurs Summer League team, they'll be playing at 7. So I expect that game to be much better from their end. So, uh, yeah, look for that Blazers play tomorrow. Um, I would assume we'll get a look at Shabazz Napier, but we'll have to see. Um, but thanks for joining us. Remember, never put too much stock in Summer League. But thanks for joining us. We'll be back Sunday. And thank you for joining us on the Locked On Blazers podcast. We will do a podcast after we know where Alan Crabb is going next season. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. Check back on Audio Boom tomorrow for another episode, and we will be on iTunes very soon. Thanks for joining us, and have a good weekend.